2022 ACB Virtual DC Leadership Meetings will be held Saturday, March 12th through Tuesday, March 15th. Registration is $20 for ACB members and $30 for non-members. ACB members were sent a discount code via email. If you're an ACB member and did not receive the discount code, please call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Registration closes March 9th. Visit acb.org for more information or register at https slash slash tinyurl.com slash 2022-dc-leadership-meetings. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in everyone to Visibilities on March 4th, 2022. I can't believe that it's March 4th already. It's two years ago today I left my office expecting to be gone for a week or two. Maybe as long as three. And here we are two years later and uh, still working from home. But the one thing that this has given me the most wonderful opportunity with is getting to know so many people through visibilities, through the community calls, and getting reactivated in ACB. And to that end, so many things have happened. And one very major thing has been a lot of reminiscing about years gone by. I've been in ACB actually for, I think we decided it was 50 years last month. Um, I must have been just about out of the cradle maybe at the time. <laughs> Don't I wish. In those years, so many women have impacted on my life and much more importantly, on the life and existence of ACB. And that goes back even further than me, all the way back to 1961. This is National Women's History Month. And when we started thinking about the women who have really, really helped lay the foundation for on which ACB stands today. There's an awful lot of people, and especially many, many very strong women who have had all kinds of roles in this organization. We've had women from just being a member of a local chapter of a state affiliate or a special interest affiliate right through to president of the organization. There's almost no position that I can think of in ACB that a woman has not served in in this organization. And I think we all need to have a little bit 
a lot of pride in that and sometimes take a little bit of time to remember some of them. And so we are doing this in a two-part series this week, this month. And this first one is really a tribute to many of the women who came before us and unfortunately are no longer still with us, but have had lasting, lasting impact here. And I want to introduce right now two of the very strong women in ACB, Pam Shaw, who served on the ACB board back in the 80s and 90s and served as vice president into the early part of the 2000s. Um, and Pam is with us this evening and Lori Scharf, who's been with ACB for a, a number of years and is the co-chair now of the Women's Committee. And I want to thank you both for joining me this evening and give you each an opportunity to um, anything you want to say right now while I pull up the list of honorees for tonight. Lori, why don't you go first? (laughs) Okay. Um, Thank you for having me, Terry. And if it wasn't for Terry, I don't know that I would be as active. And uh, Terry is somebody who really motivated me uh, when I was young and getting involved. And I've been part of ACB since uh, 1993. Thanks. Well, my name is Pam. And I'm excited to be here tonight, too, because when Terry called me to talk about about being being on the show, the one thing that happened was we did start reminiscing. And, oh, how we laughed. And I think got a little bit teary at points, too. So we hope to share some of our thoughts and memories with you this evening. Thanks for having me, Terry. Well, thank you both for being with me on this journey. Excuse me. Um, Before we go any further, I do want to say that though we have a number of women that we have put on this um, pedestal this evening, please do not be offended if we have forgotten someone because we've done five or six of us have kind of gone over this list and added and and added and added. This was supposed to be 25. Right now we're at 34. And I'm sure, and I want to apologize ahead of time, I'm sure there are people that we've, that have just slipped our minds. I'm absolutely sure. And so at the end of our call this evening, or a little later into the call anyway, we will um, open up the uh, you can the hand raising session, uh, the Q and A, whatever we want to call it, so that if you know if there's someone that we've forgotten that you would like to add in or have any comments about some of the women that are on this list, please don't hesitate to join us at that point. I'm going to just start going down through it and. Laurie and Pam, if anybody wants to, uh, if either one of you want to chime in on anyone as I go through this, please do so. Um, The first one I have on here is Alma Murphy. Alma was from Missouri and she had a husband who was deafblind. She would sit through all of our meetings and 
they had uh and tact do tactile interpreting from for him she was also instrumental in the development of the uh Missouri council mm-hmm. and i remember husband, Go ahead. Sorry. No, go right yeah, ahead. I remember Alma Murphy because one of the things in addition to that, she was known to be a fantastic mother. And mm-hmm. people who went to her home would talk about um, just how domestic she was and how she did things. And she gave me a tip. I kept telling her every time I tried to use a salad dressing and I would pour it out the bottle, how much would suddenly come out and be all over everywhere. And sometimes I wanted to serve guests and things. And she said, Pam, why don't you just serve the salad dressing in a bowl when you have guests? So here was this woman who um, not only did she have many things she was coping with, but she had time to give some of us those wonderful kinds of domestic tips and a, and a great lady. And it's good to have her on this list. Thanks. The next person on here is, um, and the the reason that they're on in this order is because I hit the alphabet, the source by first name. So all the A's come first. It's alphabetical. It's not by any other means that these are set up, with the exception of five of them that I will tell you at the end. Um, the next one was is was a great help to so many people with technology and with many other things too, and that was Ann Parsons. Um, Arlene Cohen was the. And I Terry, it's Lori. If I could just say that Ann sure. helped moderate. Uh, some of the ACB lists and was very active um, as a tutor for uh, people learning Braille. You're right. I forgot about mm. that one. I've, I had, hadn't put in about the list moderator. I should have. I, I had forgotten that as well. Um, Arlene Cohen served as president of the Ohio Council. And she was a very, very nice person and did an awful lot with that affiliate in uh, back in the early, the, the first decade of the 2000s. Anyway, um, the next one, among many other things, our walk every year is dedicated to Brenda Dillon. And I think almost everybody knew Brenda somehow or another. Um, one of the things I always remember was Brenda was one of the uh, people who, Remember when we had the ACB quilt back in the 90s and early 2000s? And it was Brenda and her family that that uh, first created the, came up with the idea and created the quilt. They, and at the same time, um, they did the ACB song. A couple of people have said to me, I didn't know we have a song. So sometime on one of the shows, I will play the ACB song for you. But Brenda was... Was she was just such a bundle of energy? Um, Carol McCall served as chair of the board of publications. She was the editor of Dialogue. Laurie was telling us earlier she was the editor of what was the name of the other magazine? Um, Life Prince. It, it was for young adults. She was a teacher at the School for the Blind in Oregon, I believe. And she started it to help give her students some articles, too. And they they focused on careers. It was a great magazine and really increased my Braille reading. (laughs) (laughs) 
And, you know, and Carol McCarl was um, actually one of the people that was part of the delegation when we were invited to go to Russia. And I can tell you she was a great lady to travel with in terms of her skills. She kept me from getting lost. But she also related to people. And because of her background in teaching, she had some good conversation with some of the um, editor, some of the education specialists there. But what also fascinated me, too, was how she loved the children. I I just remember I knew her as chair of the BOP and editor of Dialogue. I didn't realize that she had been a teacher. Um, can I can I jump in for a minute? Okay, this is Jean. Yeah, and I remember her because Dialogue. Um, even though I've read Braille most of my life, Dialogue was one of the first magazines I ever got hold of, and I was. I was charmed with it, informed by it, and was able to contribute to it. And um, I really appreciated that whole relationship. That's all. All right. Thank you. Excuse um, me, Terry. The next, Terry, yes. Excuse, Terry, excuse me. There were, unless I'm reading this wrong, a couple of ladies in between before. Carol. No, you're not reading it wrong. I rearranged uh, them a little bit. Sounds good. Just one. I'm make just going to surprise you. Oh, <laughs> have you to will. keep everyone on their toes, even you, Pam. <laughs> um, the next one, I, I think Laurie can probably address the most is Dorothy Cassell. Yeah, Dorothy uh, was very active. Um, with Guide Dog Users Incorporated, as well as within ACB of New York, and did a lot of work on uh, working on guide dog issues across the country. And uh, she uh, she was somebody that was extremely hospitable and always made everybody feel welcome. And I remember when I joined Guide Dog Users of New York, she was so happy that I was number 100, and this was in 93, so. <laughs> <laughs> the next person on our list was a, a, a storm to reckon with at times. Um, as, uh, what was he, uh, Secretary Califano learned when she got up mm-hmm. on his desk and told him that he needed to do what we would, what, if he needed to do what he should he needed to go ahead and finish doing what he was supposed to do. And that was Eunice Fiorito. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Eunice, Eunice was, she was a redhead. Uh, I'm not even sure what the right term is for her. She just was an absolute ball of energy. Um, she had so much to do with section with the 504 regulations and so much that she was involved with with us getting so heavily involved in the cross disability field mm-hmm. and she served as was it deputy secretary of HEW I think I think that was what her title was I mean she just went so far and she served on ACB's board. She was on advocacy. You name it. Eunice was on it, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, Evelyn Frisky Larson. She's also from New York and she was, uh, she's one of the first people I met in guide dog users. And um, I think she, she, she uh, edited 
what was it? What's the thing? Plotrax. What used to be Plotrax? Um, yeah, yeah, what used to be Plotrax for a number I of years. I think it was about over 20 years, I believe. I think mm. so. I know it was a very long time. Um, another woman who was very involved with the, with the Women's Concerns Committee and served, I believe, as chair is it, of it many times, served as first lady, if you will, of ACB, was uh, Gail Krause, Paul Edwards' oh, yeah. wife. Gail was very involved in a lot of things in ACB. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, Gail did something that I thought was very interesting because uh, two things she did. She was a uh, independent, con- and I want to. I don't want to say the name because I want to give marketing anybody. But she was an independent consultant for one of the direct sales company, and a lot of the emphasis in this company was on. Um, you know, cosmetics and things like that. And Gail really reminded us through her love of fashion and all that kind of thing that we as women who were blind, we can still look good and stop the show. And so I really kind of like that about her. I remember the time that they did a thing on scarves or something like that. And we had a lot of fun uh, at convention with those kinds of activities. Yeah. She also served on the scholarship committee. Now that I think about it, back she did back in the early the in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, the next woman on our list served as president of the Tennessee Council. She um, she I, I always there's a, I'm not sure how to explain this exactly. She was a woman of color. Um, and the reason why I say that is it's this, it's a funny little story. Um, she actually was a woman of color, but what happened with Hattie is she invited me to the Tennessee convention one year, um, when I was working at ACB and she was picking me up at the airport with someone and she said, all I can tell you is she's going to have on a red coat. She will have a red jacket, something red. She absolutely thought, I happen to have three, a red plaid, a solid, and a couple of solid red blazers. <laughs> she thought I had a uniform that I had to wear for ACB. <laughs> and so That's she always Hattie. used to call me the lady in red. <laughs> That's Hattie, another great lady. You're right. She was. Hattie was a one. Did I ever say her name was Hattie Bond? Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she was president of the Tennessee Council, and she was just such a dear, dear person. She really was. Um, the next one, um, I don't know how many times we have all enjoyed her performing for us. And we really do miss her. And she was a teacher. And that and that was Janice Peterson Kent. Janice mm-hmm. Kent. Janice, I, I don't think friends and not would be anything like what it is today had it not been for Janice. Mm. She she served in just, I think, about every capacity in that organization. She um, she was an absolute major part of the showcase of the performing arts every year at convention. Um, and she was just such a nice person on top of it. You know, she was someone that you could always feel comfortable um, talking to about whatever the whatever came up, whether it was something that needed to be resolved or a compliment or whatever, you could count on Janice for that. Terry, 
Uh, yes. Merrill, she also played the piano at the D.C. Council of Blind Christmas Parties. and Yes, she, she, she did a lot of that kind of thing. She did a lot of that. Yeah. Um, thanks, thanks Merrill. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And um, Denise helped Laurie. us out a lot because in the D.C. days, um, we would often have a lot of guests, national and international, coming into the city for various reasons. And because one of the things Janice did was she provided the music at a local restaurant. So we always had a place to take people, and we always would have a good time and just a marvelous hostess and um, a very, very good friend and did a lot to help anybody that she could. Thank you. Good point. And I just remembered the other 34th person who now makes it 35. (laughs) When you said that, it finally dawned on me what was wrong here. Um, Lori, can you tell us a little bit about uh, someone I don't remember meeting, but I have to say, even though I've been around a long time, I really have not met everyone in this organization. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like it. Um, Judy Poole. She also, I think... Had another last name, which I think was Hanson, but when I met her at one point, she I remembered Poole when I sent you the note. Um, Judy did a lot with people who are deafblind and uh, drafted me at the convention in Chicago to help out because they needed somebody to have a conversation between two people, and I couldn't remember the letter Q, and they said, do you know the whole alphabet? I said, yeah, except for the letter Q. I can't remember that one. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, Judy was a great, uh, great uh, person and, and really worked a lot on issues affecting people who are deafblind on both the local and national level. And she was from, I can't remember where, I want to say somewhere in like Arkansas over there, but I could mm-hmm. totally be wrong. Um, Juliet, uh, Juliet Esterly. Uh, I know she had written a book. She taught and had written a book on um, rehabilitation teaching. And I believe she also, excuse me, um, I think she taught on the college level. Um, I remember meeting her, but I honestly just don't remember the circumstances around it. I know I knew her name, her name within ACB for a very long time, but I don't think I ever had the pleasure. Uh, Kathy Brockman. Kathy was such a wonderful person. And Kathy Brockman worked for, uh, well, she was a member of and worked for the Badger Association. And that was the forerunner of the Wisconsin Council of the Blind. And she tried so hard to keep all of that together. Um, and there were some people there were that when they wanted to open a second chapter, some of the people didn't want to. And it was a very unfortunate situation. And it really, really upset Kathy. But she was always willing to do anything and for anyone and to get as much in place for her members as she possibly could. And she did, they did a fabulous show. The Badger Association built its own apartment building. Um, and an awful lot of that was, was due to Kathy's efforts. She was pretty amazing. She really was. 
The next person on this list was another storm to be reckoned with at times. And I mean that in a loving way, but she was. And that was Catherine Skivers. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you wanted an opinion, um, that was the person to go to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, As many of you know, Kathy served as president of the California Council for uh, half a gazillion years. Um, She was... She wasn't one of the original members of ACB, but she wasn't too far behind. Um, She just did so much with the California Council. Um, I thought one of the things that one of the highlights I always remember was I don't remember where we were at the time, but um, Carl Augusto presented her with the Miguel Medal at the ACB Mm. convention. Um, Wow. And I don't remember what year we what year that I don't was. Remember, but I but remember that. And an interesting story about Kathy Skivers. Some of you may not believe this, but there are some strong-willed people in ACB. And I remember the first time I was on the nominating committee and went to the meeting, and Kathy was chairing. And let me tell you, she kept order in that meeting. There were some people who came planning to run the show and take over, but you did not do that with Kathy Skivers. So she was quite a late. I mean, I hate to say it this way, but she scared some of the guys. <laughs> she did. I'll tell you a very quick funny story about her. She invited me to the California convention one year and I went out and I was scared to death. It was like, I'm going to have to speak in front of Kathy Skivers. I don't even like to speak in public. <clears throat> and, um, then she invited me to her suite for lunch. And I thought that, oh, my God, I'm going to have to, like, really be on my best behavior. What that meant was she wanted me and there was a guy who worked for CCB whose name is escaping me. And Richard Arueta, who was um, who I knew from, CC- from California as well. She wanted the three of us. What Kathy would do is anyone who she felt might not be comfortable going to the restaurant for lunch, she would invite to her suite. She had the three of us up there making sandwiches and passing out drinks. (laughs) And the three of us were like one-armed paper hangers trying to get... get, I I remember I was just laying out loaves of bread and just slathering them with mustard and slathering them with ham. And and I'd Mm -hmm. fold them up, cut them in half. Uh, Richard would, would pass them out on plates and um, that other guy whose name escapes me, we had him running the soda machines, but just mm-hmm. carrying can- cases and cases of soda around. She put us, boy, did she put me to work working, going to the California <laughs> convention. That'll teach but you. That was absolutely <laughs> Catherine from the get-go. My year that I went to the California convention, when Kathy was president, I had the, the potato chips passing them out <laughs> to everybody. So. <laughs> she put everyone she kept everybody mm-hmm. on their toes totally uh lorinda steel lacy mm-hmm. is the next person we have on here she was very active here in the dc area um she was very active with afb and acb back at um back in the day um i'd like to lorinda very much she was yeah. one. She was one of the first people I met down here in the when I first moved down here to the D.C. area. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure P- 
Pam could tell us a half a night's worth of stories <laughs> of Lorinda. One thing I will tell you that Lorinda did, because like I said earlier, often we would entertain um, ACB guests who came to the nation's capital. And three of us, uh, one other person who may be on this list, I, I'll leave it to you to say to her later, Terry. But we started a little group, and our group was called the Capital Assets. And our job <laughs> was to make guests welcome. We had a spot that we took people to. It'll be nameless for right now. But we always had a lot of fun. Lorinda had that gift of hospitality and giving. And she's the person who taught me about being behind the information desk at ACB conventions. And she told me people always first. That was something she always told me. And then that's the way she, she truly did live that way. Uh, her mother had been, was she was the White House correspondent for NBC or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. back in the day. And um, I know she and she was writing a book with her mother that I think she had just about finished before she passed away. Um, oh, it's got to be about six or seven years ago now. And I've often wondered if her husband ever did anything with it. I oh, no. should get in touch with him at some point. Mm-hmm. Um <sighs> We had Linda Braithwaite. She was the president of the Utah Council. She was involved in uh, several of the ACB national committees. But I think what everyone remembers Linda for more than anything else is she was a soloist with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Mm -hmm. And she, more often than not, would do the national anthem at the beginning of our convention every year. She had the Mm -hmm. most... Gorgeous voice, you could imagine. I remember that. She really did. And she was a very nice person. She she did an awful lot to build up the Utah Council. Mm-hmm. She was another powerhouse in Friends in Art, too, because one thing about Linda, no time did she come to our convention and not share her talent and her information, you know, what she knew. She was just like that. So she wasn't sort of this, you know, I... Uh, this Primadonna person who was like a celebrity, yeah, who didn't, mm-mm, she was just Linda. And Absolutely. we always look forward to the showcase her. Sometimes her and Janice Peterson would even team up. And yes. oh, you talk about something beautiful. Yeah. I still have some of those old, I think it's in, on cassettes. They used to record the showcase and then sell them the following year at convention. Yeah, I and I still have a good number of those and. Someday I'm going to get a cassette recorder working well enough to play them on or digitize them or something. <laughs> um, the next one is on our list is Mae Davidow. I know that she was from Pennsylvania. I know she was very active um, back in the early days. Um, and I know that I think Pennsylvania still has a scholarship in her memory. Mm-hmm. Well, she um, was someone that... But um, I was hoping you were going to pick up on this. (laughs) I met her when she was a little girl. 
when no, when I was the little girl, okay, <laughs> and she was older. She um, also had a lot to do with making sure that kids in Philadelphia, but everywhere, got a good education, and also too that we had time to play and places to play. Affiliation with um, Overbrook School for the Blind, but also the public school system. Uh, of educating blind kids, and she was just a great lady. And whenever she came around, you know, she just made us smile. Um, when we went to the zoo or all these other places, she always be, seemed to be somebody who was making sure that we could touch things and um, just someone that I also remember meeting. And it just seemed to be at a certain point, this, these ladies who were they very much, they were very much alike. They were powerful and outspoken, but they were always ladies. You know, they always seemed to be ladies. And she was one of those kinds of people. And I remember her fondly. The next person on our list is Marsha Dresser. She -hmm. was Marsha Nigro Dresser. Some of you may know Mm -hmm. Steve Dresser was her husband. Um, I knew Marsha was back. She was involved with Bay State Council back when it was Blind Leadership Club. Um, she was very involved with the newsreelers. Um, she was, yeah. uh, I think, I believe she, I know she served as president of the Connecticut Council for a number of years. And blind she teachers. Served, she was right. a blind teacher. She also worked with the VA. Mm-hmm. She, um, we could go on for, for seven more times, seven more things, she, I'm sure. She was a fabulous resource because I would sometimes call her when she I was. had a student uh, a family contact me about a situation with a kid and going in with an IEP team and say, well, you know, what are some things we can recommend? And she yeah. was great. Pam uh, and Lori, this is Meryl. I knew her from Camp Allen in New Hampshire and she was terrific then. <laughs> Thanks, Meryl. You're welcome. Um, the next one on our list is Marie Boring. Now, Marie Boring, I came across something very recently. I hmm. came across um, the attendees at the first, she Marie Boring was actually on the on the very first ACB board of directors. She was hmm. in attendance at the board meeting in July of 1961 in the tower room of the Aladdin hotel. She was, um, she was very involved in the very early days of ACB. And, um, so, you know, women did have a voice on that board. Actually, I think on that initial board, um, I think there was also another woman on there, but I wasn't certain it was a name that I wasn't familiar with that I wasn't sure of the gender on. But I know Marie was on that, was on the initial, the original board of ACB. Mary Ballard Stevens. Boy. Mary Ballard, to, to the day, uh, to, to, to this day, I still call her Mary, Mary Ballard. Mary Ballard and MJ Schmidt were great friends. Um, and that's how I first met Mary was the two of them and Durwood would often come to Massachusetts um, to our conventions, to just to, to help us when we were getting started with blind leadership, and then later with uh, Bay State Council. But the most important thing that we all need to remember about Mary Ballard Stevens, um, she served as editor of the Braille Forum 
for at least 18 years that I know of. And I have no idea how much further back it went before 1972. Um, but she served until 1989 as editor of the Braille Forum. And I believe she, I believe for most of that time, she did it as a volunteer. Hmm. Um, she later married Otis Stevens, who is a, who was one of the presidents of ACB, uh, a number of years after his wife passed away. And, uh, she was just, you know, MJ was the party girl and Mary was the one that <laughs> sat quietly and did all the cleaning up afterward. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. But speaking of party girls, um, I don't know if anyone on here um, is involved with the law of blind lions um, and the pins and their pin swap. And that just there's a name that always goes with that. And that's Millie Lillibridge. Millie was she was character. She. um always would call me to get the to be sure to get the the uh lion's pin swap on the on the schedule for the convention um and she lived down in richmond and near the end of her life um charlie hodge took her in and actually took care of her for a number of months and eventually um she went into hospice and passed away a number of years ago, but she was quite the character. Oh, uh, we and would we always are in go the- to Millie's place. Remember Millie's, Millie's place? place? That's where yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Millie's place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Millie one time, believe it or not, this was even before they had the sensors and they do, did things the way they do, but they still used to search bags at some time. And they wanted to know why was Millie traveling with all these knives? Okay. <laughs> and she was a tiny lady. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, God. She but, didn't weigh 80 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> but she took those security guards on and said, you're not taking my knives. These knives are for Millie's place. <laughs> but they let her go. <laughs> and speaking of, of, of people who... Um, we're along those same lines and probably the, and it was the matriarch, you know, everybody talks about Durwood as the father of ACB. Well, we did have a matriarch of ACB as well, who taught me what an eye opener was at my first, um, <laughs> meeting. Actually, it was a, a legislative seminar in, at the New York, for the New York council, um, that a group of us went up to and, Eunice Fiorito did the legislative part, and you'll never guess who did the party side of it and had us across the hall from her, but the one and only M.J. Schmidt. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. M.J., there's, I don't think there are too many positions that M.J. didn't either fill in this organization or get somebody in there that she wanted in them. Um, M.J., just she just did so much in ACB you just you, you can't even begin to you know it's kind of like saying we could do an hour just on MJ I have to say I appreciate the time that she spent with me and she'd call up and she'd say sit down I have a story to tell you and it was like living history it was the yeah. you know like yes I don't know it just to me it was like from the horse's mouth and mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was. It totally was. That's how we first got so involved because she would yep. just totally enthrall us with. She would pull you in. And she, she would. You know, she told me something, too, that I thought was very interesting because you know how we see the organization today and we forget where we started from. And mm-hmm. she was the one who was telling me how people would just get um, envelopes. And when mailings needed to go out, she, she and her kids, they would be stuffing envelopes mm-hmm. that needed to go out for ACB purposes and just how people would drag stuff down to the post office. And, you know, she would tell me a lot about what she used to call the good old days. And that's something she said to me, she said, okay, we have all these things now, you know, we have all these blessings now, but don't ever forget how we started. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She was very, very into that. She also start, um, was what it, if she didn't start, she was certainly one of the initial members of, we had an affiliate that was called Vista. And it was oh, visually impaired secretaries and transcribers of America. Yeah. Yep. And um, and the other one that she was also very involved in the beginnings of too was VidPi, which mm-hmm. today is mm-hmm. Bits, yep. the blind mm-hmm. information technology specialist. Back yeah. then, it was visually impaired data processors of America. International. Uh, international. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess it mm-hmm. was international. Um, there is just, I mean, as I say, we could go on and on and on about MJ. Um, next one is Ollie Bloodsoe, who I have just always known was very involved with RSVA and was a, a vendor and did an awful lot with Randolph Shepard Vendors of America. Um, the one beyond that served as secretary of ACB. Um, she also... To this day, there is a technology room that our streamer tonight um, hosts now called the Pat Price Technology mm. Training. Oh, and Pat was the... Larry, you want to jump in there? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's the Pat Price Tech Talk Training Room. That's what we call it. But Pat Price was so involved. She founded an organization called AccessibleWorld.org. And it's all about accessibility. That was what she was so proud of. And uh, that website is still going on. You can get to it now. And we have a the, the room that I just mentioned is in her honor, the Pat Price Tech Talk training room about technology, about training, about doing things with regard to accessibility. She was a remarkable woman. Mm-hmm. And she, she was, was later on with um, what she, we do She with also published a magazine oh, called... Well, That'll she be- published the one that was for um, CCLVI. It was quite a magazine. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes Remember yes, that one? It was did, really yeah, quite she, That's a, still a around magazine. Vision Access. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. right. She. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Right, she, she edited was. that for quite a while. Yeah, she, she, did. Did. she did. And it was she a great, uh, huge publication. And I remember being a totally blind young adult and joining to get it or, or getting it and learning so much about the way people see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and, mm. she was, and you know what's interesting about her when we had um when a lot of the equipment that we use today at least in its predecessors first started it was large and bulky mm-hmm. and all kinds of things she and her husband marvin yeah they would bring to the convention all this equipment because she needed it, you know, for her activities in CCLV. And I remember going into their room one time. And when you talk, it was amazing how 
like that CCTV, I don't even know how anybody carried it, but they transported everything that she would need there um, in order to do her work. And that magazine was and still is a, a great piece of literature. I, I found it very informative, even as a person who would be characterized as blind. And even though it was, you know, low vision, it had things in there for everybody. That's how she did it. Yeah, she was she was quite a person. She was a fighter. She really was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. And, and that yeah, absolutely. The next person on the list I put on, um, actually it was somebody else also suggested that I put her on because she's one of the people that's really been lost in the history an awful lot for political reasons, and that was not right. And that's Phyllis Mitchell. Um Phyllis Mitchell was one of the people who started Blind Leadership Club. She and Charlie Crawford and Marlena Lieberg. And why didn't I come up with Marlena on this list? She's on here somewhere. She is. You skipped her. She's on the M. That's what I did wrong. Okay. Um, Phyllis was an advocate like you would not believe. I mean, she got meted traips all over Beacon Hill and that. Um, she was, I remember some someone calling them, um, she was. She came on like a Mack truck, but boy, did she, could she, <laughs> her heart and soul were so in ACB. And right up to within a few years ago, and with not, not too many years ago, um, one of our past presidents that she remained very close friends with would call her for advice for the uh, advocacy committee. And, um, they never actually put her on the committee, but she was kind of the the shell. The, the, she there was kind of a shell advocacy committee that she would work on. Um, the next person on here, speaking of advocacy committee, um, has served in multitude of of positions in ACB as well, including chair of advocacy, and that was Sue Amateur, Terry, from uh, uh, Washington State. Yes, uh, I, I'm. Time check it as a a quarter early hour. Yes, thank you. I know, I know. And I have a feeling we're going to run way over tonight. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, but we'll talk about that when we get a little bit closer. If you could let me know, give me about another six minutes, six, seven minutes. Um, Sue Amateur, we were on. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a tremendous advocate. She served on chair, chair of the advocacy committee for a number of years. She um, served in many other positions. Um, Very active within Washington Council and yeah. employment yeah, she was, issues. Yeah, and Sue was somebody that when Justin Dart would speak, and remember how he would call people patriots. Yes, he would. He called them. He would frequently call out her name. This and I'm talking right. about not just ACB specific, yep. but no. at national events, he would talk about Sue as the patriot. Yes, he did. Um, I hate to cut these short, but I'm going to have to. We're running out of time. Uh, <laughs> Teddy Joy Remhild, she was really the impetus. And the, the, the leader of the, the leader of the band, if you will, um, forming the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. And she did plenty of other things too. She was, she was a dynamo. Um, 
she was one of the first people, she was one of the first people I met the first ACB of Maryland convention I went to. Uh, and she just, but AAVL is alive and well, is alive and well and living today because of Teddy Jill, Teddy Jilly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Winifred Downing. I can't come up with enough good things to say about Winifred. Oh, oh just a great she, lady. She win, win, was win. <laughs> she, honestly, she was she was on the board of publications. She um did so much with Braille. She did uh, she, the one thing I always remember is every year she would come to convention with a box of C's chocolates for us. <laughs> that was always um, a big, uh, a big treat. We were ready for it by then. Now I need to go back to the top of this list. Um, John, can you tell me, is Patty Cox on the call? Let me look. I saw her come in. Yes. Okay, good. Patty, I'm almost to you. She isn't here. I don't see her. On oh, I saw her come in before. She may have had to go back off. And okay. She's she's in the process of doing about six things at once. Ah. She, mm-hmm. her, it's, they were at a school, a school function and all mm-hmm. kinds of things going on. Well, Patty is I here. Patty is here. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Bernice oh, yes. Kendarian. Yeah. I, what I wanted yeah. to do is I wanted to bring these. Uh, actually, no, wait a minute. I have... There's one more person who we've wanted to mention, and I honestly don't know whether she is has passed or if she's with us. We looked high and low. I even had Sharon Lovering checking it out. Terry, and if anybody can remember anything, yes. Terry, I just want to mention you skipped Pat Beatty, who I think yeah, no, I, have I have not skipped Pat oh, Beatty. Okay. I'm sorry. Why don't we let you, Terry, why don't we let you finish and then we'll chime in if there's anything else. How about that? Okay. I haven't skipped Pat Beatty because that's why I'm wondering if Patty Cox is here. The next, the last one, two, three, four people that I have on here, and I should have had Pat Price in this section and I don't, Mm -hmm. are all people who among their other uh, contributions to ACB were all involved in the, at least in the, usually in the beginnings of the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. And those include Bernice Kandarian, Billie Jean Keith, um, Libby, Elizabeth, Libby Lennon, Pat Beatty. That's it. And me. (laughs) But but I'm still talking, so that's a good thing. Um, Bernice, we all know, we all remember Bernice. Bernice was also very involved mm-hmm. in the beginnings of uh, what was, what's now government employees was federal, mm-hmm. ACB federal employees at the time. Um, and she's probably the longest member of CCLVI. Um, and they've now set up an annual award in Bernice's memory, uh, oh, a service nice. award and friend of his, uh, uh, in memory of Bernice, oh, Billie wonderful. Jean Keith. We all. Uh, Billie Jean was married to Bud. She um, was served on uh, several different committees. She worked in the ACB office for uh, for a couple of ta- different times, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Elizabeth Lennon. Many of you, I knew Libby from the early days of CCLVI. 
Um, but many, most, many of you probably remember her more. She, um, did the here and there column yes. in the Pearl Forum for mm-hmm. many, That's many right. years. Many years. And the last one on the list, we can't go without, we couldn't possibly end without Pat Beatty. Pat Beatty mm-hmm. served as treasurer of ACB. She, um, did so much work on ADAG, on the 504. Pat Beatty originally came to ACB as a 504 trainer at one of the conventions. Um, and sometime when we're not being recorded, we can tell you a very funny story of that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Several, let me tell you. <laughs> but Pat was an advocate to her soul. She truly, truly was. Pat did so much for so many people and so much for the blindness community in general. Um, she really did. If one of you two, anybody wants to. I remember going to my first ACB National Legislative Seminar, and it was the year that ACB National met in conjunction with the uh, Josephine L. Taylor conference. Okay. And Pat invited me to come and sit with her and have a drink and talk through the issues and pretend that she was a legislator. And I was so nervous. <laughs> but let me tell you, I was so prepared for the next day. <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> the other thing I will tell you too is that Pat was a mentor. Yes. Before we started talking about mentoring programs, okay, she was somebody, she took me by the hand and sometimes by the scruff of the neck, okay, and was very clear about how she thought that particularly as women, we developed, that we went into the leadership of the organization, how we conducted ourselves and whatever it took, and I'm talking about late night meetings or things like that, she showed us how to go to the committee meetings, how to, like you said, Lori, how to behave mm-hmm. um, with legislators. And like I said, she was a mentor without a program, but she mentored a lot of people in our organization. Oh, yeah. And nobody Absolutely. ever makes better deviled eggs than Pat Beatty. Absolutely. Oh <laughs> that and Toledo salad. That was the oh other one. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, 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 and those Buckeyes. And the Buckeyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know uh, what? You don't have Lynn Heddle, Carrie. I'm sorry? You don't have Lynn Heddle. Oh, you're right. Yes, and we also had Josephine Defini, who was from Mm -hmm. New York, but also served on the International Relations Committee. And Josephine was a social worker uh, in New York for the. And a world traveler. Wasn't it India, Lori? India? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Her and her guide dog. She had a guide dog, too. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the day of her memorial service. It was a room full of who's who in the blind community in New York and beyond. It was beautiful. I believe it. Sounds like when we went to. Uh, <laughs> and then that was the night that the uh, the guy set off the, uh, pressure the power bomb on 23rd Street. <clears throat> oh, the bomb. Okay. Yeah. I can't say enough about Josephine. This is Meryl. She was my mentor in New York, where I'm originally from. I'm in Maryland. Oh. And she taught me how to be an advocate. And she told me I could do anything I wanted to do. And she was. <coughs> Perry? Yes. Yes, John. 
It is uh, five till the hour. It's five of. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Harry, um, we need to spend a whole hour on Marlena. And that's we the could other, do yes, we a do. whole hour on several of these people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we do. We, we really do. I'm going to, um, at this point, I want to make one announcement. And I just want, I just need to take a couple, a couple of minutes, folks. And then I'm going to come back. And um, what I wanted to say is next week is March 11th. And the Board of Publications is meeting. The board. I I mean, the board of directors. The board of directors. See, Penny, you're talking. It makes me think of BOP. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I didn't mean it that way. I I didn't mean it that way. I just meant BOP popped in my head with you on it. Um, The board of directors meeting is next next Friday. And so we will not be doing a live visibilities. But in place of that, Many people have asked me if we could do a uh, replay of a program that we did. It was actually, it turned out it was the very first show was ever streamed of Visibilities back in August of 2020 um, on live event uh, with Dr. Paul Rea, who was a friend Mm. of mine who was an, uh, as a clinical gerontologist and he's now retired as the vice president, he was the vice president of the Alzheimer's Foundation part in the, in New England. And we did a, set, a session at that time on signs, early signs of dementia. And many, many people have asked me for that back again. So we will be playing that next week. So you won't, we won't be calling into the show, but it will be on media. Um, I assume it will be on media one as it usually is. Uh, I will be putting announcements out on all of the many of the email lists this week about it because it will not be. Uh, I was told this afternoon that Cindy will not put it on the community list because there's not going to be an open Q&A because it's pre-recorded. So um, just watch the email lists this week for uh, the announcement of visibilities for next week. Now. With that said, we do still have Marlena to talk about, and I've got Patty Cox wants to tell us a little bit about what's going on with CCLVI. And John, I know we, Larry first, I know we have to go off the air, and that's perfectly, that's perfectly logical. Um, so I can stop talking whenever you want to clear us off. And John, would you mind staying for an extra 10 to 15 minutes if that's a problem for you? Oh, sure. Are you sure? Because I really don't mind. We can take it over. Uh, and, and if you can get me a Zoom copy, I can put that up for podcast. Because it doesn't matter how long you go. All right, great. Let's Thank do you. that. I will just, I'll just, I will. I'll just have to end it. this, but not the copy yeah. that goes to the podcast. Right. right. All right. That's great. Okay. Then let's just plan to do another 10 or 15 minutes because nobody's had a chance to talk. Yes. Hardly besides us. Um, I thank you both. I want to thank John and Larry uh, for helping us with this. And so now I'll just, um, I think we're just about at 